Amen. Amen. Well, welcome this morning. You may be seated. It's great to have you with us this morning for a kind of a, a different kind of service, a different kind of style. We've got a few things happening today that are um, not our normal, but maybe they'll become our normal. You never know. We've been, uh, as a church, we've been going through the last, uh, how many days? Is that all? Three days of, of a Daniel fast. There's been many of us. Put your hand up if you've been doing the Daniel fast, just so I can see. Awesome. All right. So uh, thank you. Uh, in our prayer meeting this morning, Jesus reminded me that he said his food is to do the will of the Father. So I would say to you, your food is to do the will of the Father. But uh, maybe we'll have lunch afterwards, eh? So we've got a plan today. We're going to break the fast with communion together at the end of our time. Then we go, you are all welcome. You are all welcome to join us for a family lunch in the family room. Um, we're going to break the fast. We're not going to solve hunger problems, but we are going to break the fast together and, uh, and finish this time of, of uh, consecration and breakthrough. I wonder if the kids might want to come forward. You're going to head out shortly, but come up here so I can all come up here, kids, so I can um, ask you some questions. Just have a seat in the middle here. I'm just wondering, um, what was the best meal that you had this weekend? Who's, who can remember the, their favorite meal that they had while they were fasting? Can you remember? Potato and leek soup, that was a good one. Okay, sounds yum. Chickpea patties. Mmm. <laughs> I'm sure they were delicious. In the cup thingies, yeah? You had lots of going on at your place. I saw lots of baking at your place as well. What did you have? Carrots was your favorite meal. <laughs> Dad, was, Dad was wrapped with that. Coconut curry, awesome. Stir fry, awesome, lots of veggies. Well, um, what was the worst meal? <laughs> eh? Stir fry, you didn't like stir fry, too many veggies? So much onion? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> roast salad? You didn't like the roast salad? Okay. Well, there was lots of variety. Like, if, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, if you're following what we're doing, there's people just started posting photos of their meals and, and uh, commenting on them, which um, uh, I admit it was a challenge for some of us uh, to come up with new ways to cook. For some people, it was like, well, this is how I always eat, so I'm happy. So, uh, look, it was just a, it was a delight for me to see people come together in unity and to do something that God, we believe God called us into as a church. Um, God called us as a church to do what we call a corporate fast, a Daniel fast, to put aside those things of pleasure, as Daniel and his friends did in Daniel chapter 1. Uh, thankfully for us, God only said to do three days. If you read Daniel chapter 1, he and his friends did it for 10 days as a test before they committed to it as a lifestyle. Uh, some churches do a Daniel fast for 21 days. So we've done three. And uh, you all don't look like you're starving, so um, hopefully we're all good. We're all good. Kids, I wonder, is there anything that you learned about fasting while you're doing this? So you don't concentrate on food, you can be in God's presence more. That's a good thing to learn. You become weak, yes, so he can become strong. I think that's the second half of that, yes. It's a good learning. We can draw closer to God. That's right. Excellent. That's a good learning. So, so church, we go on this journey, and what I love about 
But having these ones answer the questions instead of you is that it's evidence of a church that's building a generation of young people who focus on God. So kudos to the parents, kudos to the families. For those of you that have done this together or with people around you, I just really want to bless you and honor you that you are raising up a generation that know what it means to fast, to put aside their lives and to honor God. And that is a great thing. Okay, kids, you wanna, do you want to head out to zone? Have a crazy time? We're going to invite you back later so that you can help us to, to finish what we're doing. I wonder if you had a favorite meal or a not-so-favorite meal. I won't ask you to call it out because you might embarrass someone that was cooking for you. Or um, so we, we don't want to do that. We don't want anyone to make, make anyone feel, feel stink. But, but the point is it was an experience uh, for some of us. Um, I want to read to you a passage of Scripture, Exodus chapter 19. If I could get the slides up behind me. There's a couple of things I want to do, and then we're going to bounce in and out of the Scriptures today. Exodus 19, verse 5 to verse 11. Because the point is, we're called... My technology working? For some reason, it's not working. Can you click my clicker thing, please? Exodus 19, verse 5. Now, God's talking to Moses. If you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me. And you'll be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord commanded him. All the people responded together. We will do everything the Lord had commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak to you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they're ready for on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. What I love about this passage is God is showing us a a pattern that he's calling us into uh, in the space of life and season that we're in as a church. At the beginning of verse 5, God says, I brought you to myself. And I love the fact that God is a God who sets before us a promise, an invitation. He sets forward this invitation to come. And, and God, I want you to know that God is a God who is willing as your father to give you a promise, an invitation into something. And today we're talking about invitation to relationship and um, for those of you that came to the church over the last three nights, too, we had a little consecration time of prayer that was available. How many of you decided to turn up to one of those? A few of you. It was a very um, surreal kind of peaceful moment, and we had different stations. The team had set up around the church for contemplation, and the back room there was set up as the throne room, but this chair over here was, was um, sort of depicting the, the throne of God in heaven. And I want you to know that the throne is approachable. The Father is approachable. The Father who desires to give good gifts to His children desires that you would come, sit at the foot of the throne. I mean, if you feel like being cheeky, sit on the throne. God's happy. He doesn't care. You know, because we can come before God because He is a God who gives us promise. What I also love in this passage here in verse 5 is God says, Obey me and 
keep my covenant. And for me, that speaks of an invitation into consecration, not to do what we would choose, but instead to do what he would choose, that we would say, your will, not my will. And one of the stations we had, we had flowing water. We didn't set that up today, but we have this station here that represents the waters of baptism and the waters of eternal living water. And Jesus has done what's necessary for us now to come before God and have this relationship where we can have living water flowing into us, every single one of us. And it's a key thing. It's a key part of our our life that we do with God. God then says, you will be my own special treasure. This is an invitation into relationship. Many, many times God speaks of Israel, his people, which now includes us as the new church, He speaks of us as his own special possession, his own special treasure. And it's this invitation to walk with God and to have a relationship with God. And one of the stations we set up, you'll see it represented at the back there, is representing the Word of God, the living Word, the eternal Word, the Word that guides us in in our paths and our life with God. Because part of this relationship is being led by Him, and the Word of God is one of the ways that that happens. Finally, in this verse 6 here, these four points that I've got, um, God says, you will be my kingdom of priests. You will be my kingdom of priests. And this speaks of, of the authority that we have, but there's only one way we get that authority, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and His sacrifice. Today, I'm referring to all those things as what I call the benefits of Christ, the benefits we receive because of Christ. And we're going to finish conclude our fast this morning by receiving communion together. We're going to come before the table, we're going to honor Jesus at the end, and we're going to receive communion as a, as a commitment, I suppose, a public declaration of our remembrance of Jesus and what He's made available to us. As we begin, I really wanted to make sure that um, we understand that God is a God who gives each one of us promises. God is not shy and speaking to his people. And we're believing that today, some of you might hear God for the first time. Some of you may receive a new promise from God. Some of you will be reaffirmed in your hope that God has given you, that you would hear the promises of God. I want to read something to you that was shared with me recently that's a promise for North End Church. Listen as God speaks to us as his children. Be prepared for change. Be prepared for renewal. Be prepared to move from the traditions and the sacred things of the past because I am leading you forward, says God. It may be a shock to your system. That's okay. I come to rescue the afflicted and bring a life of joy for all. Speak to me daily and I will coach you through the changes. If you stay connected with me, the journey will make sense. Walk with me and you will understand. Repent of your weakness. Repent of your pride. Take down the walls of magnificence and let your hearts be seen. You've been drawn in by my heart and authenticity, not by grandiosity, so keep it real. Come back to me. Seek me out, says God. I hear the cries of your town and I'm calling you to answer them. You're my people. You're my servants, my army, my children. This, says God is your calling. What I love about this is that God invites us into a place of intimacy for an assignment, for a 
a journey with Him. And this is a promise that God's given us as a church. And what you're symbolizing by your participation uh, in the fast or your engagement with us as a church in the way that you can is that you're saying yes and amen. But can I hear you say it just to help me feel good? Would you say yes and amen to what God's offering in the church? Yeah, awesome. Today's going to be a day where I am going to ask you to affirm things. I'm going to ask you to read out prayers. I'm going to ask you to speak yes and amen in agreement because those things that we agree, we establish in the spirit realm. What's established in the spirit realm first gets established in the physical realm second. But it starts with our agreement. If I could have the next slide up, there's a slide that was on the front of our fasting booklet. It says, um, physical obedience, or the next one, the physical obedience brings spiritual release. So going into a fast or doing something the Lord asks you to, that's the physical part of your obedience. But God says on the back end of that, I promise a spiritual release. In the booklet, I'm so proud of my team and the booklet that they prepared on fasting. There's copies available if you didn't get one. If you want to learn more about fasting, you can, you can grab one of these before you go. This is the promise for you, the spiritual release that comes from you choosing to be obedient. As one of the kids said, fasting shows us our weakness and allows us to rely on God's strength. When you fast and pray, you pursue God in your life and you open yourself up to experiencing a renewed dependence on God. These are the benefits that flow out of fasting. Fasting is a biblical way to humble yourself in the sight of God. Fasting can transform your life into a richer and more personal experience. If you feel your life with God is dry or you're not quite connecting with Him, try a fast. It's proven to connect us into a richer life with God. And finally, from this list, fasting can result in a dynamic personal revival in your own life and make you a channel of revival to others. Isn't that good? That we can be a revival first, but then we're a channel of revival to other people. So this excites me that, one, God is speaking over our church. It excites me that God is speaking over you personally and saying, come, come into this place, come into this place of, of spiritual renewal. But more than that, I'm really excited because God is also wanting to release a blessing over Tiamudu, and this morning I'd like for you to do that. Would you stand with me? It's going to come up on the screen, and I'd like us to read this together. Okay, congregation declaration. Let's pray this together. Te Awamutu, we declare you are under God's hand. Te Awamutu, we declare you are chosen by God. Te Awamutu, we declare you are being blessed by God. So, we say to you, people of Te Awamutu, God's favor is upon you. Though your left hand may not know what your right hand is doing, still, God will pour out His Spirit upon you. We declare God's truth to triumph over the lies of the enemy. We declare the works of the Lord to be commonplace. We declare fruitfulness to be overflowing in the name of Jesus. Tiawamutu, get ready. Get ready for God to move. Can you say amen to that church? Amen. amen. The Spirit of God comes in response 
to our prayers. And what we're going to do now is we're going to enter a time of uh, worshiping God. We're going to declaring who He is. Because when we consecrate ourselves before Him, we establish His throne in our lives. And when His throne is established, His Lordship is there. When His Lordship is there, His purposes prevail. Let's join together. You know, on the day Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened. And the Spirit of God came down upon Him like a dove. And God declared His pleasure on Jesus, but He released His goodness onto earth. And we're confessing that we desire to see heaven come to earth. We're confessing our faith in King Jesus. We're confessing our need for God's presence in our lives. Holy Spirit, we confess we need you every day. Lord, I ask that now in response to our worship and our prayers, our confession, that you would open the heavens. You would rend the heavens, as the Bible said. You would tear it open and bring heaven to earth. An outpouring of your Spirit upon your people. In the same way, the fire of God fell on the offering of Elijah on Mount Carmel and it consumed it fully, God. May you send your fire upon us and consume us. Fully consume us. Fully consume us with your fire and your glory. The, rad- the radiant, Shekinah, never-ending glory of God in our lives. Lord, pour it out. We long for more of you in our lives. We set ourselves apart. We consecrate ourselves today for you, for you, our lives as an offering for you. Lord, we, we put ourselves before you that we would be consumed by your glory, consumed by your fire, consumed by your spirit. Baptize us afresh. Fill our hearts, fill our lives, renew our minds. Holy Spirit, come. Anoint the people right now. Anoint the people with the Spirit of God, the anointing of God. Receive it now by faith. Receive it by faith. It's, it's like tangible. It's, it's God's presence available to every one of us to receive. Thank you, God, for your Spirit that brings life, Spirit that brings hope, Spirit that draws us into that place of intimacy before your throne pleasing to you. God, I ask now that you would anoint your people afresh today with your Holy Spirit, living water flowing in us and through us, living water that just never runs out, never runs out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit, fresh on your people, God, young and old, children, Teenagers, adults, grandparents, all receiving the Holy Spirit by faith, drinking from the well. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. The Spirit of God comes and moves in response to us choosing to set ourselves apart. In this moment, God, we thank you that you're with us, that you've invited us into this place of connection with you. Hmm. 
as David said, it is my desire that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Always in his presence. Always in his goodness and love. You may be seated when you're ready. The concept of consecration is such that consecration is God inviting us into relationship. That's what I love about this idea of coming to a place where we choose to deny ourselves physically. That's just one aspect of fasting for sure. There are many ways you can choose to deny yourself, to set yourself apart. Fasting is just one. But the point of it is that God invites us into relationship with Him. You know, when we when we enter the waters of baptism, that's why I love this symbolism we have over the, the time that we shared praying this week is the, the flowing water representing the living water of God. It was kind of ironic the way the team set it up. I came back and they had the living water flowing into the baptismal pool. And I thought that was just a beautiful picture of this, this idea that God fills us with his life, but that we must go into the waters of baptism. It's God's design for us to enter the baptismal pool, the water, as the symbolism of us choosing to enter the grave like Jesus did, denying ourselves, putting ourselves and all our needs aside and saying, Jesus, it's all or nothing, my life in exchange for yours. And when we rise out of the water of baptism, we rise victorious in his victory, not ours, his victory. In the same way Jesus rose out of the grave, we too rise out of the water and we stand before God as Jesus does victorious. We're consecrated. The word consecration means to be set apart. I mentioned that phrase many, many times. But did you also realize that the word consecration means transfer of ownership? When you choose to consecrate yourself, when you choose to deny yourself, when you choose to say to Jesus, your life in exchange for mine, you're, in fact, transferring ownership. And, and this, to me, is a great way to describe what we in the church would call Jesus being Lord or having the Lordship of Christ established in our lives. It just means we say, not my will, but yours. You're my Lord, and that means yes to what you ask me to do. And, and so every decision, every aspect of our lives, everything is surrendered and control over to Him. And, and one of the benefits of, of coming together in a fast and being united in prayer is that we can then do this corporately together. We can say on behalf of this church family, Lord, your will be done. Not the pastor's will, the Lord's will. It's truly a place of submission that we all come to when we transfer ownership by consecration and we give control to the Lord. Consecration also means that we come to a new place where our lives glorify Him. In the same way, when we rise up out of the water of baptism like Jesus did, the Spirit of God rested on Him. A dove came, and and it's just a beautiful picture of of us glorifying God and and the radiant glory that comes from surrendering our lives to God. See, life is not about us. Life is about Him, which leads me to my next thought. Consecration is our honor, not our sacrifice. I'm guilty of complaining over the last three days. Because I made it all about me. 
Yesterday I shared a short video. I'm going to read the quote again. Consecration is God calling us into his service. If we boast in anything at all, we must boast in our marvelous Lord. We must see that consecration is the result of being chosen. Serving God is an honor to us. We are not uplifting God as if we were sacrificing anything for him or as if we had any glory in ourselves. Consecration is God giving us the glory. We should prostrate ourselves before him and say, thank you. Thank you that I have a part in your service. There are many people in this world, and yet I am chosen to have a part in your plan. Consecration is our honor, not our sacrifice. And I found myself grizzling. No coffee, no sugar, no meat. Man, I could kill for a cheeseburger right now. (laughs) But it's not about me. Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned cheeseburger, should I? (laughs) My bad. The point is, you know, we deny ourselves and honor him, and we shouldn't grizzle about it. The author, whose name is Watchman Nee, he continues with this quote. I want to share this part with you. Man does not consecrate himself because he has chosen God. Rather, God is the one who chooses and calls. And then man consecrates himself in response. Those who consider they're doing God a favor by forsaking all things are outsiders. They're not consecrated. We must realize that our service to God is not a favor or a courtesy to God. It's not a matter of offering ourselves to God's work, but in fact a matter of God being gracious to us and giving us a portion of his work. It is God who's given us the glory and the beauty. Isn't that wonderful? That when we set ourselves apart, God bestows on us glory and beauty as only he can. I found this in the scriptures. Uh, My next point is that consecration is God making us beautiful and giving us glory. Remember when they built the tabernacle, the tent of meeting in the days of Moses and Joshua. Remember that? And God gave them specific instructions. There's many, many passages on I won't read it all to you. But he was very clear on what he wanted to do in order to make the dwelling place of God beautiful. Layers of gold, gemstones and colors, radiant lush curtains. God did not want his tent of meeting to be anything but beautiful. It was set apart as the dwelling place of God. And then Exodus 28, when they talk about Aaron becoming the priest before the Lord, the Lord says, make him a garment and adorn it so that it is beautiful and carries glory. Where is the dwelling place of God right now? That's right, it's in us. The dwelling place of God is in us. The tabernacle of God is you. God is making you beautiful. You're a priest before God. There's a kingdom of priests that God is establishing that's part of his promise, and it's you. Peter writes about that. He says, it's you. You're the kingdom of priests. And in that, God is clothing you in his beauty and his glory. When you consecrate yourself, when you put yourself aside, God says, I am making you beautiful 
and I am giving you glory. We've got to accept that because of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, we can be made beautiful and we can be made, made glorious. It's only Jesus that does that. The scriptures lead us. Jesus is the word of God. And, and, and so the, the importance of that station there is that we remind ourselves that Jesus is the word of God. And Jesus is the one who guides us and he shows us the way. It's only through Jesus Christ and honoring Jesus that we're able to be made beautiful and be made glorious by God. I think for some, this past week has been a moment of reflection to go, you know, where's my life at with God? I hope even this morning, some of you have come not sure, maybe you didn't know what was happening this morning, but you've come and I'm hoping that you're pausing in this moment and asking God, where's my life at with you right now? Because it's only through coming to Jesus Christ that we can receive the fullness that he has for us. He would make us beautiful and he would make us glorious. Not glorious for our own sake, but glorious in order that we would Reflect that and show the world the glory of God. So in this moment, just bow your heads. God, I'm asking now that you come and you, you reveal your love to us. In this moment of choice, God, I believe you're speaking to people. You're tugging on their hearts. You're stirring their spirit to respond to you. This is called conviction. This is God's invitation. This is God choosing you to a life far greater than what you're experiencing now. God, as we come before you, offering our lives, I pray that people would find their way to you through Jesus Christ. Jesus would say to you, if you're feeling cut off from God, Jesus would say to you, you're not cut off because I'm bringing you. I see some of you being taken by the hand of Jesus and being led by him. For those of you that are feeling weak, Jesus is carrying you. What's the point? Jesus is taking you. He's taking you to God. He's restoring you to that place that God designed for you, connected with him. Your response is to say yes to him. It's just to simply say a quiet prayer where you say, Jesus, I say yes to your invitation. Jesus, I'll go with you and I give my life to you. Jesus, I come to you. We're going to, um, shortly, you can open your eyes now if you want. Shortly, we're going to um, honor Jesus by receiving communion together. It's what he taught his disciples to do and that we've learned from following them and the early church through the book of Acts who received communion together. We're going to do that. And um, 
in doing that, what I'm inviting you into at the communion table is to receive what I call, um, uh, today I've called them the benefits of Christ. And, and by that I simply mean what we receive as God's goodness when we come to Christ. And so the, the two parts of that, I hope you don't think I'm belittling what Jesus did by calling them benefits. It's just a, a phrase I've had this week. But in that, um, I, I think we've got to step into a place of victory and a place of destiny, because those are the two things that Jesus gives us as a result of his life. Victory and destiny. And uh, so earlier this year, uh, some of you were with us when we um, hosted what we called a breakthrough night. And as a church, we stood and declared the victory and breakthrough that Jesus won for us that was ours to have as family. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite you to stand, if you could stand, and I'm going to lead you through a prayer. I'm going to lead a prayer, and I'm going to get you to say amen if you agree. Now, there's a bit in this prayer, so um, I've put it on the screen so that you can follow along. And at the end of the page, I'm going to read it, and at the end of the page, you'll see uh, where it says congregation, and then I'm going to ask you, congregation, would you say amen? And then it says, we say amen. Sound like simple instructions? This is old school, eh? But do you know what this is? The power of agreement. This is us agreeing together that something would be established on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So, here's the prayer. I'm going to read this, and then you're going to hopefully agree. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our refuge in Christ. We choose to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In Christ Jesus, we put on the full armor of God. We choose to stand firm and be strong in our faith. We accept the truth that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Congregation, what do you say? Okay. We desire to be aware of Satan's schemes, not ignorant of them. Open our eyes today, Lord, to see the reality of the spiritual world we live in. We ask you for the ability to discern spiritually so that we can rightly judge between good and evil. In the name and authority of our Lord Jesus, we renounce Satan's attack on our family, our church leaders, and our church family. We resist them, coming against them in Jesus' all-powerful name. Together we declare the Lord rebuke you, the Lord bind you from any present or future influence upon us. As members of this church family and members of the body of Christ, we reject and disown all influence and authority of demonic powers, all evil spirits that cause resistance to God's work. As children of God, we've been delivered from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of His dear Son. Because we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, we renounce all satanic assignments that are directed towards our church and our ministry in Te Aumudu. We cancel every curse that deceived or wicked people have put upon us. We announce to Satan and all his forces that Christ became a curse for us when he died on the cross. We renounce any and all sacrifices by Satanists or anyone else who would claim false ownership of us our ministry, our leaders, or our people. We announce that we've been bought and purchased by the blood of the perfect lamb. 
we accept only the sacrifice of Jesus, whereby we belong to Him. Say amen again. Say it again. Amen. This is our affirmation of our victory. This is our agreement together that because of Jesus, whom we honor as our Lord and Savior, we can step into that victory as we've just declared. You can be confident this morning that as your agreement was yes and amen, so too it is your right and privilege as a child of God to receive that authority that we just declared. If you're struggling against attack, if you're struggling against issues, if you're struggling against resistance, that prayer confirms your victory. Amen? Amen. Well, there were two parts, victory and destiny. So we just did the victory. So now what we're going to do is we're going to um, pray together a short prayer around destiny. And the reason for this is as we've prepared for today and we've called the church into a partnership and alignment, we really felt that there was, it was necessary for us to be positive in our affirmation that every one of us is a child of God that has a purpose of God. Every single one of us. No restriction except your desire to participate. So we're going to affirm this together. We're going to pray this prayer together as a declaration of our destiny. Are you willing to do that? Okay, let's do this. Let's pray together. I am a child of God. God is my heavenly Father who has filled me with purpose. I choose not to be diverted or displaced. I remain connected to God through His family. Oh, I better turn the page for you. I will not allow delay to steal my promises. God is leading me into my kingdom assignment. I am full of purpose. I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. So what we've done is we've affirmed and declared that destiny for every single one of us. We're now going to prepare ourselves to receive communion together. We're going to sing a beautiful song honoring Jesus. At the conclusion of that song, I'm going to come and read a scripture to you and then invite you as family to come and share communion together. You to come and receive it. We'll help you if you need help and then just, just receive it as, as, uh, with the people around you. Okay? Let's sing this together. Jesus, who makes our relationship with God possible for everyone. In Luke chapter 2, we see a prophetic declaration of who Jesus was. Simeon was a prophet who dwelt in the courts of the temple in Jerusalem. And he'd been promised something. And I want to read this to you from Luke chapter 2. At this time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout man and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Lord led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, praised God, and said, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. 
He is the glory of your people, Israel. Church, I want to remind you that Jesus is salvation for all people. This morning, I want you to remember that Jesus is the light of revelation who draw people to God and connects them with Him. And Jesus comes to bring that glory upon us as God has declared He desired to do. Jesus is the hope of all the nations. As we come to the table this morning, I pray that you remember Jesus as your salvation. I pray that you remember Jesus as your light who shows you God. And I pray that you remember that Jesus Christ is how you receive the glory of God. It's only through Jesus Christ. This morning, Lord, as we receive communion together as a family, we honor Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We honor Jesus Christ as the man who came to earth and became the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice who takes away the sin of the world. We honor Jesus Christ as the victorious one who rose against death, defeating sickness, defeating separation, defeating isolation, defeating bondage, defeating death, defeating despair, defeating hopelessness, because Jesus Christ is our victory. And this morning, we remember Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is the one who brings us into the glory of God Almighty. Jesus, we worship you this morning. We come to receive bread and juice, to remember your body that was broken, your blood that was shed for us, for me, for every single one. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we remember you this morning. You're welcome to come and receive bread, receive some juice, gather with those around you to receive communion this morning. You're welcome to come. This morning we've responded to God's invitation and His promise that He's always with us. We've chosen to set ourselves apart, to transfer ownership, to come to that place. Before Him where we say, all of you and none of me, God. Not my life, but Yours. Not my will, but Yours. Take everything. We've been filled with the living water that flows continuously from the throne of grace. We're fed on the Word of God, which is actually called the bread of life. And we've remembered Jesus, our Savior, and the communion elements that signify His body and His blood shed for us. I now invite you to stand as we close this morning. We're going to finish this morning with a song that declares God is good with a song that declares all of His goodness that is available to us. For church, family, friends, God wants you to know that He is very good. He's always good, and He's pleased to receive you as His children. Let's sing this last song.